Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Thursday morning, February the 3rd, 2022. And uh, we are live here. And if you're listening on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're choosing to listen via the live stream, which can be found on ESPNTucson.com, I appreciate you sticking around here on the Jeff Dean Show every single weekday from 7 to 9 as we do it live and local. Every single day here as Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Glad to be here with you. And uh, the nearing the end of the, the week and a busy weekend ahead for Arizona basketball, both men's and women's. Speaking of uh, women's, let's do it right now. Let's see who was paying attention over the, uh, the quick break there. Your cue to call right now, 520-719-1490, 719-1490. Caller number three will win themselves a pair of tickets to go see Arizona women's basketball on Sunday, take on the Beavers of Oregon State for a noon tip-off at the McHale Center. That's 520-719-1490, your cue to call right now. Caller number three going to win themselves a pair of tickets to go see the women's basketball team on Sunday, hopefully coming off of a win over the Oregon Ducks on Friday night for the whiteout at the McHale Center. Good luck, and thank you for listening. <clears throat> there... Before I get into Arizona basketball, yesterday there was news in college football, and Arizona fans were having some fun with it on the socials yesterday, calling Antonio Pierce the the Arizona spy, the mole, if you will, that he was sent in to wreck the Arizona State football program. That certainly was not the case. Antonio Pierce has hated Arizona football for quite some time, and rightfully so. He was... Uh, he did not have the best time here at Arizona, specifically under John Makovic, who mistreated a lot of the players, uh, both emotionally, racially. Um, I've heard some horrible stories about that. So when you would see Antonio Pierce in his New York Giants uniform on Monday Night Football, and he would introduce himself on the video and say, Antonio Pierce, San Antonio Community College, <laughs> you'd be like, hey, he went to U of A, and he's like, screw that team. And what he decided to do was go take a job and, you know, work his way up through the ranks in coaching and go take a job with the rival, with Arizona State, working with Herm Edwards and Marvin Lewis and the staff over there. Well, yesterday he resigned from his position at Arizona State in their coaching staff amid the, the litany of allegations going on against that team. He is now the fifth member of their coaching staff to lose their job this season due to the fallout from the allegations that occurred during the COVID dead period that they were bringing in recruits, uh, their allegations that one of the players' moms was funding the, uh, the, the trips, and there are former staff members who have receipts, have a paper trail, and are blowing the whistle on that program, and things are getting real ugly around there, real ugly. Five coaches, again, have lost their jobs uh, Pierce, who was the assistant, uh, the associate head coach and the defensive coordinator. So that's like the, you know, that's obviously the, the biggest name, um, the highest ranking member of the coaching staff to lose their job so far. And the only one left really is Herm Edwards. Now, what happens with Herm? 
you know, I've long said that he and Ray Anderson were tied together at the hip, much like Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury are tied together at the hip. Ray Anderson said to to uh, President uh, President Crow at Arizona State, "Look, have faith in me. I'm going to bring in my guys. We're going to run this thing like an NFL team, and we're going to kick ass and take names." And they were doing well. I mean, they, 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 there's there's no doubt there was some production on the field. I still believe, and so do many Sun Devil fans, believe that that team underperformed many of the years, that uh, that they have been a preseason highly ranked team only to underwhelm the fans and underwhelm basically anybody watching the games or playing against them in, in several of those situations. Now, they've had some success in the state. They've had some success recruiting and sending other players to the next level, although not as great as one would expect with some of the highly ranked recruiting classes that they have churned out there at Arizona State, but nonetheless have sent a few guys there. But now that, now that you know, it's, it's you know, every man overboard, and the only guy left there is Herm, and he was the one also, I mean, he was fully, fully aware, according to the allegations from the former coaches, that he was fully aware that all this was going on, that things were even happening in his office during the COVID dead period. This is going to be a lasting stain on the Arizona State football program. I mean, obviously, I couldn't be happier about that. <clears throat> they are currently ranked. I mean, it's, it's had its effect immediately. They're ranked 105th in the nation in the 2022 recruiting class. 105th. That is the worst recruiting class in the history of Arizona State football. The worst. And it's the worst in the entire Pac-12. Yesterday, I called them a boat anchor. They're a boat anchor dragging down the the legitimacy of Pac-12 recruiting. 105th in the country out of 130 teams. This is what happens when you overtly break the rules and treat people like crap when you do it. They felt like, hey, we're bigger than this. We're gonna we're gonna you know we're we're gonna get through this. We're we're NFL ready. We're NFL strong. We'll, we'll fix this. We, we got this. No, nope, sorry. You can't treat people like crap and expect them in this day and age to just keep quiet about it <laughs> because those dudes kept receipts, and they didn't cover their butts. They didn't think about what they were doing. Obviously, they didn't think about what they were doing, and they broke several, several NCAA and national health violations, and they're going to – uh, they're going to get they're going to get smacked for it. They're going to get smacked real hard, real hard. And I said from the very beginning that this is not going to be a good site for Arizona State football. That this is going to be it's going to be ugly, and it has gotten to that point. I mean, we're we're there. I mean, Arizona State fans yesterday were like, Herm's got to go. Ray Anderson's got to go. We got to hire a new athletic director. We got to completely clean house and and rethink the whole program. And those people are right because that's the only way that you're going to get through this. The, the, what did I see yesterday? There was a suggestion from some top, uh, you know, I don't know what you want to call them, bloggers or whatever you want to, people who, who claim to cover Arizona State sports. Uh, they, they were saying, like, if Arizona State imposes a post, self-imposes a postseason ban, that that should be good enough. Really? Because you think this team is going to get to a bowl game next year? Who's coaching the team? Like, what coaches do you have? <laughs> like, you got Herm, and you got a few assistants, and you got a special teams coordinator who spread COVID throughout the entire program last year. <laughs> sure, yeah, 
Now that team's that team's going to be <laughs> going to be uh, imposing a a ban for the postseason. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know what their you know what their 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 uh, postseason ban is? It's called the 105th recruiting uh, class in the nation. That's what that is. <laughs> good lord, a postseason ban. Give me a break. That should be good enough. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is just like what happened to U of A. Not even close, dude. Not even close. Don't even get me started on that. Wildcat fans know the difference. Scummies don't. So, look, the truth hurts. And, uh, you know, when you when you break the rules, and they have repeatedly over and over again, as uh, laid out by Pete Thamel yesterday, he's like, look, this is nothing new for Arizona State. They break the rules. They still stink. What else is new? Literally said that in his article yesterday. <laughs> what else is new for Arizona State? They break the rules, and they still stink. There you go. That's Arizona State football for you. Congratulations. Meanwhile, Arizona is celebrating a wonderful class of incoming 2022 freshmen and uh, some transfers from the transfer portal, some walk-ons, some preferred walk-ons. Added one a couple days ago, a defensive tackle from modern day we talked about, Jacob Kungaika. And uh, celebrating, looking forward to a, a new future of Arizona football under Jed Fish and that coaching staff and that recruiting staff, and they've done a phenomenal job. And we will continue to talk about that. They had that great, uh, the great uh, 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 event last night on campus there at the Colin Genie practice facility. And uh, there were a lot of people turned out. I, I talked to uh, some people that were down there. They said they had a great time, got to meet with the players, coaching staff. Were, everybody was smiling, having a great time. And uh, you can always go on, you know, and, and check out some of the articles because uh, plenty of uh, the sports writers here in town were at the event and got to talk with some of the players and such. And there were some good interviews, so go check them out. You know, it's, I don't have to read them to you. Go and check them out yourself. Go and get yourself a subscription to the to the website. It's like four bucks a month, and it's totally worth it because those guys do a great job. Justin Spears, obviously. Our, uh, our afternoon guy here from 3 to 6 with Spears and Ali. He contributes to the Arizona Daily Star and plenty of others. Michael Lev and, uh, I mean, there's, you know, not to name them all. I'm just saying there's a plenty of guys out there that are doing great work covering Arizona sports, specifically Arizona football, and uh, they deserve your eyeballs. Arizona basketball going to be taking on the UCLA Bruins tonight at the McHale Center. That game is at 6 o'clock. It is a revenge game for the Wildcats, of course, getting smacked around in Los Angeles last week by the Bruins. And this is going to be you know, an interesting matchup. The, 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 the odds makers at Vegas seem to love Arizona. The game has climbed to a seven-point spread in favor of Arizona. And I think a lot of it is dependent on whether Johnny Juzang will play or not. Uh, based on the reports that I saw, he will play because he was asymptomatic. He had a positive test. He was asymptomatic, but that was five days ago. And based on the new CDC guidelines, an asymptomatic player uh, or person who tested positive but was asymptomatic can be cleared for you know, human contact, essentially, in five days. That's today. So... By all accounts, unless he tests positive again, um, then then he'll be he'll be clear to play, which is obviously going to be a huge jolt for the uh, for the UCLA Bruins. They'll be at full strength. Will the Wildcats be at full strength? Azulis Tabellis dealing with that high ankle sprain now. What Tommy Lloyd called a high ankle sprain. He will not be a hundred percent. We know that. I don't think he'll be a hundred percent the rest of this season. That's just the the you know the the breaks of dealing with a high ankle sprain. How effective can he be, though? You know, it's like 
you know, we watch we watch him offensively, and it's he doesn't have the leaping ability that he has because he you know he jumps off of that foot, you know, he leaps off of that same leg, so to, he, you know he has a hard time elevating the same way that we're used to seeing. He, he's you know a phenomenal athlete. Um, it to me, it's more about what he does defensively. You know, he's he's got to be able to be effective defensively because these are going to be slugfests. It's we, we've seen right. We, we I mean, once Arizona has gotten into some of these big games against these programs that have had time to scout them and look things through, they found ways to slow Arizona's offense down and and keep them somewhat ineffective. Now, Arizona has certainly done their part by two of the poorest shooting games they've had all season long in back-to-back uh, back-to-back games against the Bruins and the Sun Devils. So that hasn't been great. Arizona needs to turn that around, and if they do, and I think they will because they'll eventually begin to shoot their average again, and when they do, they'll be – clipping up close to, you know, 78, 80 points in those games that they were scoring 67, 66 points in. It makes a huge difference. They, you know, they they blow out Arizona State if they make 38% of their three-pointers in that game. And if they can find a way to even get the ball in the basket after the first five minutes in the first half against UCLA, they're in a, an, you know, a one-possession game the rest of the way. So, I you know, I eventually think that Arizona will start shooting their average again We've just seen two really bad games with a team that was tired, that was gassed, that had a three-game road trip that they weren't really prepared for. They just weren't physically prepared. And I don't mean that the coaches didn't have them prepared, meaning that the players were just like, damn, this is tough. And they struggled. They struggled to elevate on their jump shots. They struggled to close out on on uh, on you know ball handlers and things like that. They weren't getting out in the open floor. They weren't having the fast break points that they normally get, and they were barely edging out teams on the glass. You know, and these are all things that are just fatigue induced. And it wasn't just the fact that they were missing the shots. Is that when you watch Ben Matherin shoot? you know, six, seven, eight jumpers in a row, and you're watching him repeatedly, okay, here's his jump, and his, his jumper looks different every time. It elevates to a different level. He releases from a different point. It's going off to the right. It's going off to the left. It's too long. It's too short. These are all fatigue, and, and you know, players are trying to compensate for that in, in the middle of the shot. These are all things that are going to come back down to, to rest in you know, what we consider normal play, you know, the, the way that they shoot their average, the way that those players are. And we know that they're good enough to to shoot the lights out. We've seen it before. And tonight could be that night. And they're going to need to have an inspired offensive effort against UCLA, who was so crisp in running their offense last week. Uh, I was – I'll be honest, I was impressed. I was impressed. Uh, and, and, you know, again, I still feel like UCLA played their best game of the season against Arizona and that Arizona played their worst, and we saw a 16-point loss. And that's that was the result of a great team playing their their best game against a team playing their worst game. If we even things out tonight, we'll see what this matchup really looks like. But I was really impressed with UCLA. They were really crisp. Um, obviously, they're, they're, they're very experienced. They're a very intelligent team. And that shows through. I mean, they, they play as one unit. And to me, still, you know, I talked about it last week when, uh, you know, when talking about previewing that game, everything still goes through Tiger Campbell. You can talk about the NBA futures of Juzang and Hawkes and and uh, and Riley, and you know you can discuss all those things and the, you know the, the young freshmen that they have there and you know all these different players they got. But everything goes through Tiger Campbell. I mean, he is he is the the, stir, the straw that stirs their drink. And if you can't get 
at him, if you can't take him out of his game, forget about it. Like, those guys are going to play their style. They're going to do their thing. Juzang is going to shoot the ball. Haquez is going to be, you know, just an animal on both ends of the floor and the hardest worker on the court. I mean, he's just, I mean, if you want to beat Jaime Haquez, you got to try to outwork him, and that's not easy to do. You know, Cody Riley's going to have his complement of offensive moves and his ability to uh, to rebound and you know play tough and, and strong underneath. But you got to punch him in the mouth. I mean, you got to you got to go physical at him because he's he's I've seen him wilt before, and we'll see it again if Arizona can play physical with him. We'll have to see what happens tonight. But I have some thoughts on uh, what tonight's game could potentially look like in the rematch here. Um, you know, I, I think it's safe to say that. That, uh, that Mick Cronin will continue to run his style. But what can Arizona do to combat that? We'll talk about that coming up after the break. Now, if you're missing football on Thursdays like me, you can turn every Thursday into payday with the NBA on TNT on FanDuel Sportsbook. And it doesn't matter if you win or lose. FanDuel is giving all customers, all customers, $10 back every Thursday. So if you're a new signee or if you're a veteran like me, you can bet $10 or more on a same-game parlay on any NBA on TNT game. That includes Suns at Hawks tonight. Same-game parlays let you combine money line, point spread, player props, and a whole lot more into one wager for bigger payouts. There's tons of different NBA market options. As I mentioned before, I like going with, like, Chris Paul, like a combo of points and assists, plus a Suns win, maybe Devin Booker, two plus three-pointers. Cam Johnson has been shooting the lights out lately. Maybe sign him up for, for two or three three-pointers in the game. Boom, you got yourself a nice payout, and whether you win or lose, you get your $10 back. It's the perfect way to turn a small bet into a big-time score, and you're guaranteed to get your 10 bucks back to your account regardless. It's, uh, it's easy to use. If you, go to the, if you go to the app, just download the app. Super easy to sign up. If you sign up today, use my promo code DEAN, and you'll also get some other promos available to you that not everybody can get. You get special odds boosts and promotions and specials every single day. Uh, there's live betting. You can jump right in the fast lane and bet a game in the process. If you're kind of watching the game and you like a trend that you see there, jump in the fast lane. Jump on it. I mean, I've won plenty of tickets that way. Just like this game seems like it's going to hit the over. These guys are really, you know, really hitting their shots tonight. Defense is kind of looking a little tired out there. Bet the over, bang. Sure enough, it hits it midway through the fourth quarter, and you can sit back and enjoy the rest of the game without, you know, knowing that you've got a, a, a ticket to cash at the end of it. Now, like I said, if you're new to FanDuel, use my promo code DEAN when you sign up because what that's also going to do is that's going to get you the access to the 56-1 to 1 odds on either team to win the Super Bowl. You can turn your $5 bet into $280 cash. Not free bets, not site credit. It's cash. But only using my promo code DEAN because they got to know that I'm the one that sent you there exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and over and present in Arizona. Bonus is issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Expires in seven days. Max bonus is $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. More preview of the Wildcats and Bruins and my three keys to the game next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Hey, congratulations to Joseph Adams. Joseph Adams was the winner of our women's basketball tickets that we just gave away a little bit ago. Congratulations, Joseph. Enjoy the game on Sunday. And uh, if you're going to the game on Friday, the women's basketball game, make sure you wear white. 
We're going to white out McHale for the Oregon Ducks as uh, <laughs> that uh, heated little rivalry got even heat, even hotter earlier this season. And um, we're still trying to uh, to effort the the opportunity to uh, uh, to interview Adia Barnes tomorrow morning. Look, I'm just going to be honest. You know, people ask me all the time, like, how come you don't have many guests on? Well, <laughs> it's it's tough to get guests on at 7:30 in the morning or 8 o'clock in the morning. It's just it, it, not everybody's awake at that time. And I'll be honest with you, athletes are certainly not awake at that time. Um, it's just it's just difficult to get people to to come on the air. So when they do, we're extremely grateful for them to uh, to wake up early in the morning to uh, to be on the show with us and I don't have an opportunity to record later in the afternoon where if you know I could if I were working in studio or something I could say hey I'm going to come into studio and we'll record it at three o'clock in the afternoon at you know sometime of your of your leisure uh, you can't do that so um so it's either live or nothing here on the Jeff Dean show and you know for the most part we just we just keep it at nothing I you know I don't expect too many people to wake up at 7:30 in the morning to join me on my radio show and and you know we try to get some people from the east coast on every every now and then if we have something to talk about but we're a local show and there's not a whole lot of east coasters that can offer anything that we don't already know here on the Jeff Dean show so that's why people ask me all the time I'm just it's just it's early you know not everybody's up this early in the morning and I know that uh, you know, I know a lot of coaches that aren't like Jed Fish is up th- this early in the morning. Like I know, I know Jed is up early in the mornings. I, you know, seen his routine. I, you know, I know that, that, uh, that he's, he's an early riser and he's obviously a hardworking guy and works you know throughout the day and stuff. Uh, you know, basketball coaches, they work late into the night. So they stay up, uh, late watching films and preparing their teams and they don't, Get up, you know. You gotta get some sleep. <laughs> you gotta be ready for the next day, grueling day of uh, of working with these young athletes. So we don't, uh, you know. I'm not upset in the least bit. If they want to join the program, then we are happy to have them. So we're trying to effort the uh, uh, the uh, the ability to have Adia Barnes on the show tomorrow on a game day, which is always difficult to do as well early in the morning. So we'll uh, stay tuned for that. We'll, we'll keep you keep you apprised of the information if we uh, if we're able to, to to nail the coach down and and uh, get her on the show. Otherwise, we'll wait till another day. It's no big deal. We'll continue to support the program and uh, tell you guys all about what's going on in women's basketball. And they do have a big game tomorrow, which I will be previewing for you on the show on a Football Friday tomorrow. Uh, we will not be talking about the the Pro Bowl, other than the fact that it needs to be done away with. Um, that has to be about the only thing I mentioned about the Pro Bowl. It just doesn't matter anymore. It's, uh, you know, players are named to the Pro Bowl, and that's all well and good, but that's pretty much it. Here's I, – I, I do want to say this. You know, Arizona has a chance for two quad one wins over the next two days. They've got UCLA and USC in the house, the only two other ranked teams in the conference. They've got a chance to capitalize. Tommy Lloyd and this team are learning that the Pac-12 is a tough road and that to be a champion, you have to earn every minute of it. Uh, sure, there, I mean, there will be times where a team of Arizona's talent and coaching can coast, and we've seen them do that before. I mean, they opened the conference season with three 25-point victories. It was the first time that's ever happened in the history of the Pac-10, Pac-12, right? So we've seen this team be able to coast. But top Pac-12 programs have to consistently deal with other programs that have millions of dollars invested in coaching payroll and a litany of future NBA performers as well as numerous other players who are going to go on to lucrative basketball careers overseas, they have to deal with those programs throughout the conference season. And I know that the Pac-12 has had discussions about whether or not they're going to continue 
the 20 conference or the 20 game conference season this year because of the COVID makeups and stuff. It's something that they like. They couldn't get. Um, the conference wasn't able to secure one of those. You know, we just had the SEC Big 12 Challenge. We get the Big 10 ACC Challenge. Okay, the the you know the uh, the Pac-12 wasn't able to secure a you know a cross-conference challenge in uh, you know in any in any way to be able to uh, to engage in something like that. So they they said we need to be able to build our resumes better. So we're going to go to a 20 conference schedule. That's fine. Um, it's it's just that much more grueling because. You know, as I was having this discussion with one of my coworkers uh, after the ASU game, you know, it's like, look, things just get tough, man. These these teams, they've got coaches that are making a ton of money and they know what they're doing. This is not little boy basketball. This is these are all big big programs, big time, big boy basketball, and these coaches know what they're doing. And when they're when they sit down for two days to do nothing but film study on your tendencies and your players and what they do well and what they do uh, wrong and you know things that you can attack. You're going to find holes. Every team has holes. No team is perfect. And you're going to find ways to beat them. And you have very talented players. The Pac-12 has been number two in the country three of the last four years in sending the most players to the NBA in the NBA draft. Second in the second most of any conference three of the last four years. The data is right there. And in previous years, they've sent the most players to the NBA draft. This is a conference that is prided on the fact that they are able to send a ton of NBA players to the draft every single year. And these guys are playing at the collegiate level and they're very talented. And there are numerous, as I mentioned, numerous other players that are going to go have lucrative careers overseas. Kyle Fogg is one of the greatest players in Chinese basketball history. (laughs) Kyle Fogg. And we love Foggy, right? I mean, he's one of our favorite dudes around, but we knew watching him, he wasn't going to play in the NBA. The guy's won multiple MVPs in the Chinese League, won multiple championships. The guy's made tons of money over there. He's one of the most successful players in overseas basketball history. To us, it's just Kyle Fogg. Over there, he's megastar, <laughs> you know? And there, these, there's, there's tons of those guys that are, you know, that are balling. I mean, I just talked to Dusan uh, like a couple weeks ago. He had a huge game. He almost had a triple-double the other night. Uh, I talked to him, and I was like, I was like, triple-double now? You passing the ball, huh? And he goes, well, the guy's got to make shots. And I started laughing. You know, that's typical. Um, you know, but he's, you know, he's balling out, too. You know, we knew Dusan wasn't going to make it in the NBA. He, wasn't, he didn't have NBA quickness or skill or athleticism. But overseas, he's balling. He's making money. He's having a good life. He's loving it. So there's tons of those guys floating around the Pac-12. There's talent here. It's tough to get through the Pac-12. And – this team is learning that after just cruising, and I mean blasting teams throughout their con- their non-conference schedule. And, yeah, they had a couple of tests here and there. The Wichita State game, that was a tough one. They went up against a team with some really tough-minded guards, and they had a scrape. You know, the game at Tennessee where they got refed. You know, it was eight on five that night in the, in the SEC. You know, fall down 15 points in the first half. Have to climb all your way back in, tie the game twice late, unable to to get what it takes to, to get over the hump to get the win in that game. So that was a tough one. Other than that, they have just mowed down everybody they've played, and now all of a sudden the brakes get slammed on because, hell, they're playing against teams with, with big coaching payrolls and future professional players on their team, just like we are. And these kinds of things happen. 
So what does Arizona need to do tonight to combat that? How do they get back at UCLA? Well, number one, and it's the most simple thing in the world, is get back to the basics. When you're, you know, when you're in a, a, a shooting slump, you get back to the basics. What's that? Pick and roll, give and go, ins and outs, high low, driving. You know, uh, you know where you, you, you drive and kick, things like that. Just things that you can do to be a playmaker. All right. Don't try to do it all, obviously, but just do the little things. You know, get back to the basics. There, there was very little movement of, from the offense early on in that game against Arizona State. And Arizona State wasn't exactly, you know, locking them down on defense. Arizona had plenty of wide-open chances. They just weren't in rhythm. So get back into the rhythm. Move without the ball. Number two, you got to rebound. You, I mean, you cannot let UCLA beat you on the glass. We saw what happened in the first half of that game when UCLA was dominating the glass, and it was it was curtains for Arizona at that point. It, 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 you know, now they're they're just trying to you know get back to even at that point in the second half on the glass. You got to dominate the glass, especially at home. Just bring bring the Windex out, man, and uh, and just get to work. And finally, look, you got to be tougher than these guys, and that's not that is a, that is a very difficult task because UCLA is as tough as they come. They are. They and don't let the powder blue uniforms. <laughs> don't let it persuade you in an, another way. They are tough. They are tough-minded. They are experienced. They're they're an older team. They're coached that way by Mick Cronin. He has a very very tough style of basketball. Has all the way since he was at Cincinnati. He's a he's a Bob Huggins disciple. They are ruthless. They are very physical. Be physical first. If Arizona can do those three things, they're going to win this basketball game. I, I firmly believe that they're, uh, they are, especially at home, the better team. So we'll see. We'll see. But right now it's uh, Pomeroy, Ken Pomeroy, number four, Arizona, taking on Ken Palm, number nine. It is the game of the day. And I uh, hope to see you guys there at the McHale Center. There's very, very few tickets left on the secondary market. Uh, you can't buy them on ArizonaWildcats.com anymore, but secondary market does have some. Good luck. <laughs> Otherwise, hope to see you guys there. And, uh, again, if you're, if you're there early, come down and say hello. I'd love to shake your hand and meet you, and, and uh, thank you for listening. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When I return, Tom Brady's legacy. Is he the greatest of all time? I'll tell you why or not on the next, next on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back. The Jeff Dean Show here. Just winding things down. About another 17 minutes to go on the show today. Because <laughs> I like to be, uh, you know, I like to be precise. Somebody else who was precise throughout their career, Tom Brady, obviously, you know, the, the you know the the statistics and the 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 accolades they they go on and on. Is he the greatest player of all time, though? Because Bill Belichick, in his statement yesterday that he re, he released yesterday, not to uh, the wrong individual, thankfully, he was able to post it to his own uh, in the Patriots Twitter account and to his own website. Um, was didn't send to the wrong person. Says I have I am privileged to have drafted and coached Tom Brady, the ultimate competitor and winner. Tom's humble beginning in professional football ultimately ended with him becoming the best player in NFL history. And then it goes on and on his pursuit of excellence and his inspiration to all those around him and yada yada yada. 
is Tom Brady the greatest player of all time? Is he truly the GOAT, as they say? Well, let's think about this. Because in order to be the greatest of all time, I mean, it's difficult to to have that discussion anyway, right? Like, you know, who's the greatest player of all time? I've long said that the greatest player of all time is Jerry Rice. And I have different criteria than a lot of other people do. I know the Athletic, they did their top 100 uh, NFL players of all time. They listed Tom Brady at number one. They had, I believe it was Lawrence Taylor at number two, Jim Brown three, Jerry Rice four, Reggie White five. It was some, somewhere around there. Those were the top five players of all time. It is really, really, really difficult to argue with any of those. I mean, all five of those are the great, uh, without question, the greatest at their position ever. Period. End of story. I have this discussion with people in bars all the time. All the time. Who's the greatest running back of all time? I say Jim Brown. And they go, they stop and they go, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah, think about it. <laughs> think about how freaking good he was. The reports about Jim Brown never having a negative run in his career in the NFL, I mean, they, it's, it's not one of those things that can be concretely proven, but I tend to believe people when they say kind of stuff like that, especially he was bigger than the defensive linemen that were trying to tackle him. So, yeah, I believe that. Is, is Tom Brady the greatest football player of all time? Look, listen, I gave up, I gave up the goat status uh, of you know of Tom Brady at the quarterback position two years ago when he won the championship without Bill Belichick when he went to 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 Tampa Bay showed that he was still dominant and throwing the football in a, an entirely new offense pick up an entirely new offense with an entirely new set of of players and roster around him an entirely new coaching staff and an entirely new environment from what he'd been in for the past twenty years goes to there and just skates right through. I mean, they had their they had their struggles, right? They 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 stumbled out the blocks a little bit. They were a 500 team for a little bit, then they caught fire, figured out who they were. Still couldn't beat the Saints, but they were figured out who they were and were able to to rip through the NFC and then just completely decimate the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. That's when I gave it up because I had been holding on to Joe Montana as the greatest quarterback of all time for the entire time that this was going on, until that moment when Tom Brady had won that championship and was named the MVP of the Super Bowl and won it without Bill Belichick and everything else and all the change in his life that had gone on at the age of 42 years old, I was like, all right, I'm giving it up now. Tom Brady, you're the best quarterback of all time. I finally had to succumb to that realization. Is he the greatest football player of all time? Well, what constitutes the greatest football player of all time? Does he play the most difficult position in sports? I, I would argue, yes, he does. I think the quarterback position is the most difficult. And here's the reason why it's the most difficult. It's the most highly scrutinized, number one. You have a spotlight and a microscope on you everywhere you go. There is a magnifying glass following you around regardless of what you are doing and everybody is going to be in your business because everybody thinks they can teach you how to do something better or they want to critique you on every single throw you make or everything you say. It is the most difficult position in sports because coaches make it that way. Bill Walsh, one of the greatest minds in the history of sports, said that I make things difficult on my quarterback so that he can make things easy on the other 10 guys in that huddle. There's a reason why... That philosophy has carried through over the decades, 
with every single coach, with every other quarterback that they have coached. Because if you make it hard on one guy, he can make it easy for everybody else. That's also another reason why it's the most difficult position in sports to play. It is a a, a position that requires strength, precision, decision-making, and it all has to happen in rapid time. Things that you and I, when, when, we're, when we're at our job and we're sitting in front of our computer or whatever it is that we're doing, we have a few moments to make a decision on something. Like, oh, my God, this just hit my desk. They need it by the end of the day. Oh, what am I going to do? NFL quarterbacks have to make that decision 60 times a game in under three seconds. It is the most difficult position to play in sports. So to be the greatest quarterback of all time would lend you to believe that they are the greatest player of all time. But that's not the only criteria for naming the GOAT. That is not the only, the only aspect of the game of football. It's not, it's not rapid chess. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not a, a, you know, a, an event to see how quickly you can beat someone in a game of, of, of chess or battleship or whatever. It is a physical game, a game that requires violence and physicality and strength and toughness and the ability to pick yourself up when you're hurt and you're injured and the ability to compete when you're not 100% yourself. Tom Brady played through a, a time when it was an increasingly non-contact position. And he was, the, he was the, the benefactor of that. I mean, you know, he, he got hit low, ends up blowing out his knee, misses the remainder of the season, and because of that, the NFL made a rule you can't hit quarterbacks below the waist anymore. The quarterbacks continued to be, to be protected in the NFL. And I don't – listen, I'm all for the protection of players. Quarterbacks are important. They stand back there like statues oftentimes, and you don't want them getting just – you don't want players teeing off on them and just coming at them full force, 300 pounds, and breaking them in half. You don't want that, okay? You want quarterbacks to have longevity in your league. If you're the NFL, you're going to strive for that. You want guys like Roethlisberger and Rodgers and Manning and Brady to play for a long time. Matt Ryan getting up there. Drew Brees played for a long time. Brett Favre, Phillip Rivers. I mean, the list goes on and on. You want those guys to be great for long periods of time. So I don't have a problem with – I have a problem with some, some of the ways that they're enforced, but I don't have a problem with the rules. Tom Brady currently holds eight NFL records. Upon his retirement, he will hold eight NFL records, which is pretty good. I mean, that's – sure. I mean, he's, he's the greatest passer in history. He's most passes completed, most passes attempted, most yards, most touchdowns. I mean, all these things. When Jerry Rice retired, he was the holder of 19 NFL records. Nineteen! The most of any player upon their retirement in the history of sports not named Wayne Gretzky. Period. So I ask you, what is your criteria for naming the GOAT? There's no doubt in anyone's mind, in my opinion, that Jerry Rice is the greatest wide receiver of all time. There's no doubt in my mind, or it should be in anyone else's mind, that Lawrence Taylor is the greatest defensive player of all time. Reggie White, the greatest defensive lineman of all time. Jim Brown, the greatest running back of all time. All these positions can be maneuvered and put into different ways, and you can, you can construct them in ways to say, well, this guy's more important. This guy's had a, had a bigger impact on his team, and this guy had a bigger impact on the league, and this guy transitioned and changed the, the way that the league does things, and, and all these other factors that go into naming who you think is the greatest of all time. Does there have to be? 
I mean, Tom Brady won seven world championships, seven Super Bowl rings that dude's got. Barely got enough fingers for all of his rings. If we're judging based on rings, why isn't Bill Russell the greatest NBA player of all time? He's got 11 of them. He's got more rings than he has fingers to put them on. Bill Russell's never in the conversation for greatest basketball player of all time. So, you know, where, where, where do we make our criteria? Where do, we, where do we stop the criteria? For me, and I didn't get to watch Jim Brown play live, I got to see Lawrence Taylor play, Reggie White play. I watched closely as my favorite player in the history of sports. Jerry Rice broke every record known to man in the NFL. As far as he, you know, he couldn't throw the football, obviously, so he's not doing that, and he's not tackling people. But to retire with 19 NFL records as a wide receiver? <laughs> what? I mean, really? Nobody's ever done that before. So what's the criteria? Because it doesn't jump off of the page. You, you can't just obviously slay like in the NHL. Wayne Gretzky's greatest player ever. Certainly put up the greatest numbers ever. Maybe there were better players, quote-unquote hockey players, and that, Tom Bra- that Wayne Gretzky was on teams that allowed him to score all those points. But that's a discussion for another day. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, and that's all that matters. It doesn't have to be the greatest football player of all time because they're all inherently very different in what they do and how they impact a football game. Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback ever. Lawrence Taylor's the greatest linebacker ever. Possibly the greatest defensive player ever. Reggie White's the greatest defensive lineman ever. Jim Brown's the greatest running back ever. And Jerry Rice is the greatest wide receiver ever. That's what matters most. Not who the greatest football player is. There's no way to judge that. Tom Brady didn't tackle people. And he didn't get tackled a whole lot of times. But what made him great is that he's the greatest at his position and did the best that he could with the tools that he was given. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, I'll put a, bi- a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, I got yelled at in a text message that I got to get off the fence here. Let's do it this way. In regards to the greatest player of all time, listen, I love me some some sportsreference.com, pro football reference. I get lost in that website daily, like just looking at stuff. They, their collection of statistics and analytics is incredible. If you've never been to pro football reference, my God, first of all, you're welcome, and I'm sorry. They have, they've put together an analytics system that is called their PFR Hall of Fame Monitor. They basically look at, you know, uh, they they give each player a score, and the minimum score to get in the Hall of Fame is like a 115 or something like that, okay? Let's take a look at some of the highest scores. Peyton Manning, oh, sorry, let's, let's, start with, let's start with Tom Brady. Tom Brady scores a 225.94 on their Hall of Fame reference thing, okay? Their Hall of Fame monitor, which is not the number one of all time. 225.9 is well above any other current quarterback in the league. But the highest-rated quarterback of all time is Peyton Manning, according to their analytics, 258. Reggie White is the third-highest-rated player of all time. He had a rating of 238, just above Tom Brady. Lawrence Taylor, just behind Tom Brady with a 215. Walter Payton, just behind him with a, I mean, really close behind him with a 214. Followed by Bruce Smith, Ray Lewis, Jim Brown, Tony Gonzalez, all guys scoring 
around the 200 or over 200 point mark for the for the Hall of Fame uh, their Hall of Fame metric that they use. Okay, highest rated player out of those guys, Peyton Manning, 258. You probably re- realize that I've missed someone. I'm not mentioning somebody who I've talked about here recently as the greatest player of all time, Jerry Rice. Where does Jerry Rice fit on that list? Jerry Rice's Hall of Fame metric reading on Pro Football Reference is 311.81. It is 60 points higher than the next highest player, which is Peyton Manning. So let's do it analytically, nerds. (laughs) PFR says that Jerry Rice is the greatest player of all time. There you go. I can't disagree. It's been my pick for that for years. All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Mary back behind the uh, the glass in the studio there for pushing all the right buttons and keeping us on the air here today. And, of course, thanks to you guys for tuning in to Tucson's only local morning sports talk show, Spears and Ali, today from 3 to 6. Be sure to check them out. And I will see you guys again tomorrow morning right here at 7 a.m. for another edition of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 a.m., 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tanka Verde. KMXZ HD for Tucson.